Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. It's the daily podcast in which we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Chris Ayers from the People v. Batman v. Superman and DC Legacy Filmcast. And if, uh, Alrighty. If I could just talk about that real quick, uh, that other podcast. Um, we are we're going through every DC movie since the beginning and doing sort of an in-depth look at it and having uh, comic book creators come on and talk about the films with us, people who were maybe you know, in their 20s when they first saw Superman or Batman on the big screen and then, you know, went on to to create comics with those characters. Yeah, and I think you guys, well, you guys started with Superman and the Mole Men, right? And uh, where are you guys at now? Uh, we just recorded Superman 2 with Elliot S. Magan, who wrote Superman um, through the 70s and early 80s. So that was really cool. We did Superman 1 with Dan Jurgens. He was, he was still writing Superman, you know, the guy who did the, the death and return of Superman story Absolutely. art. Absolutely. We've been really lucky to get some great guests. Um, the show's not coming out as regularly as we would like because it's hard to get these great guests. But um, yeah, we're hopefully we'll get through every single movie. I mean, it's going to be a, a lot of that's going to be years of work, but having a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, and I, I don't think don't worry about like the the rate at which they come out. I mean, I, I've been kind of following with you guys, and I've noticed that the guests that you have on are pretty high in quality. So I mean. I think people will rather wait for the good episodes to come out than for you guys to try and force out an episode. Um, I hope so. That's, so that's yeah. the plan. Cool. All right, you guys. We're going to be talking about minute number 53 today. And it starts out with uh, Clark being distracted by a news report while he's in the midst of following Bruce Wayne. And then the minute ends with the mysterious woman in red. Driving off with Bruce's portable drive. I can't believe that's so weird that you wrote Mysterious Woman and I, I wrote that as well. Like, I know we've been calling her Diana, yeah, but like we, for some reason, I don't know why I wrote down Mysterious Woman. I don't know why I keep doing it. It's not just this podcast or just minute by minute things. Like, if the name hasn't been said, I mm-hmm. tend to like write off that thing. Yeah. Um, but, and that, that kind of brings me to, I kind of, this. I know this happens later in the minute. But do you think this moment with Bruce and Diana, do you think it's, like, we know it's Diana. We know. Mm-hmm. And, it, and that when you saw the film, we knew it was Diana because, I mean, how could you not with all the press release that Gal Gadot was playing mm-hmm. Wonder Woman and everything? Like, do you have to watch this scene knowing it's her? Or is it different? And how so is it different if you saw this and didn't know who she is? I don't know. I don't know how to... I don't know that mindset because I know who she is. So, well, My friend of mine who was a guest on our podcast, he said when he was watching this for the first time with his wife, she did not know who, who Wonder Woman was or that didn't know that was Wonder Woman in this movie. She just, mm-hmm. you know, she wasn't plugged into all the marketing and that stuff. She was just watching it casually. So I think it's definitely possible to go into this without knowing that that's Wonder Woman, although she was, you know, front and center in a lot of the marketing. Yeah, I, w- I want to know what that feeling was like when you saw it, especially yeah, at the end. Do you think that would improve the scene? Do you think it would suffer? If you, I, I don't know, like, because I, I don't know if that, uh, if you were watching it and you didn't know that was Diana, do you feel confused in a good way? <laughs> is that I don't know if that makes sense. I'm just trying to. I think one of the reasons yeah. this works for me is because this section is a bit like a James Bond film. I mean, they set that up with um, him driving the Aston Martin from Wayne Manor, mm-hmm. in, you know, to the party, and he's he's doing a little bit of spy work, 
and then also this mysterious woman shows up and it's like a role like of a bond girl in a, in a bond film so yeah. i i, oh, I yeah. like all that honestly i think that's an interesting take on all this same yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. I could see Gal Gadot in a in a Bond film, oh, for like sure. her specifically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I, it's for people who do know, they go, oh, okay, this is, you know, Wonder Woman playing cat and mouse kind of thing with in with Batman, and, and I feel like you could enjoy it on that level. But um, I think I could enjoy it if it was if you had just seen it as like a Bond moment in and just by itself mm-hmm. without knowing the characters. Um, I guess maybe just knowing that it's Batman and Wonder Woman adds another layer of in- entertainment, but yeah. I, think, I think it could stand up on its own for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's also um, what it's like of watching this after watching Wonder Woman. A friend of mine, he didn't watch Batman be Superman, but he did watch Wonder Woman and like that enough to go back and watch this. So that's another sort of different experience. That is a different experience. Yeah. I would not know what that's like. Well, it's like kind of you get the beginning of Wonder Woman and like you get this whole... I guess beginning and end of like the whole like picture thing and stuff like that. And then you kind of have that question of, well, how'd she get that? Where'd that come from? What should I know? And then you could kind of go back and watch this and be like, Oh, that's really cool. Even if you just like watch these few scenes that one Roman's in, you get the, you get the gist of it. Yeah. I remember telling someone like if they had only, if they hadn't seen the other three films, mm-hmm. not that you need to watch suicide squad, but like if you only watched wonder woman first, like, we don't get as much as a kick out of it, but that person might when they see a truck that says like Wayne Industries. Or oh like yeah, for a sure. A letter from Bruce Wayne and like being like, oh my god, that's Batman. He's mm-hmm. in that universe. Like, and that might be more of a kick. But like to us, it was just like, oh yeah, it's that thing from yeah, Batman. Clearly, yeah. Like I, oh that photograph. Like we get that. And I think it's, I think in that moment, it's a little bit cooler if you hadn't seen the movie because then you're like, oh, my God, Batman's in this universe. What? Yeah. So, I don't know. But then that breaks release order, which is, uh, you know, you have to watch everything in release order, right? Nah. <laughs> one of the real pleasures of reading comic books when I was a kid was, like, jumping in in the middle of a story and not, not knowing what was going mm-hmm. on and then going and finding the, the previous issues to figure out how we got to this point and if, who all these characters were. Like, when I first started reading, that was probably the most exciting time because I was discovering this whole world. And didn't have to do it in order, you know, couldn't always make it to a comic book shop. I would pick up stuff at the grocery store or off the spinner rack at the drugstore and mm-hmm. you weren't guaranteed to have a whole, you know, run of issues. Sometimes you, you you wouldn't have all the information, but you still have to try to enjoy the story. Yeah, I think it's definitely a very um, uh, useful element of storytelling, especially now mm-hmm. and especially like movies and stuff where yeah. like you add something, but then you, you don't give the backstory yet. So then you kind of have to have like another movie for that backstory or, you know, to get someone to actually go read the source material, like Snyder's ultimate goal for this. Yeah. So, kinda, yeah. so but maybe Wonder Woman should have come out between Man of Steel and this. And I'm thinking like if we just saw this, like just saw the beginning of Wonder Woman with the whole truck scene and, and, and the picture and stuff. It's kind of cool because then you're wondering what you get the whole, oh, Bruce Wayne does exist. We haven't met Bruce Wayne yet. That's really cool. And two, how does Bruce Wayne factor into Wonder Woman stuff? Because if we go back a Man of Steel, we only had the satellite, the Wayne Industry satellite. And now we get like a truck and a briefcase with the Wayne Industry logo. It's like, oh, does Bruce Wayne just make industrial products? <laughs> like, what is his character? So like maybe we could have gotten Dawn of Justice with the introduction of having a, clearly a very heavy Batman movie filling in the blanks of, you know, the other two characters. 
could you watch Suicide Squad without seeing any of the others? Yeah, I think so. Because there's yeah, a, yeah, there's an emphasis of like Superman dying. Yeah, but that's just that. It's the death of. That's all you need to and know. Like, that's a, that's yeah. That's an event in its own. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's just like the way, the death of the Waynes when you get to a Batman storyline. Why do you need to know what happened with Thomas and Martha when they were in their prime and fixing Gotham City? No, you just need to know the death of the Waynes started the event. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Could you do that with the Marvel films too? Can you just jump in? It's kind of harder, I think. Yeah. It's like so you couldn't start with Civil War. I, I don't think you could start with mm-hmm. the uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. God, no. No, I was going to say even just like the book of Civil War. No, you definitely can't just start that book and go in because then you have the whole Spider-Man aspect of it that just throws a wrench in everything. You could start Spider-Man Homecoming. No, the movie? You can't. Hold on. Because I'm thinking then you have to address the Battle of New York. Wait, yeah. maybe you can. I don't. I haven't seen Homecoming yet. Still, oh gosh. <laughs> I want to know if I can go this whole podcast without seeing that. There's an interesting debate on you know what should be the future of the DC films. Should it be all this interconnected thing, and then there's should it be just standalone films? And it seems like they're after Justice League, they're kind of going to rely on interesting directors doing their vision of a standalone character that doesn't have to connect to everything else. I'm okay with that. I'm a huge fan of Elseworld stories. So, like, that's essentially that is what that is in movie form. You just get the characters in, you know, a director or writer's own depiction of what that character wants to be. And on that note, like, I think it's interesting to see kind of like all the X-Men stories. Yeah. Because, (laughs) and we'll talk about this on another episode, but it's like I enjoy seeing the different takes on, on people with superpowers but Mm -hmm. like doing their own kind of thing and like their own kind of weird stories and just because it has like x-men properties doesn't mean that it has to be all interconnected and they have to at some point go to the xavier school Mm -hmm. and like they don't have to do that they don't have to be connected but you know just seeing people with superpowers deal with their own story storytelling that's cool um and i would really like it if we saw more different teams that we know in in comic book history and it not just being tied to x-men properties but like different comic book properties but still the the idea that we can have stories of people with superpowers but dealing with whatever fresh story that a director wanted to tell and not you know so kind of like watchmen but you know yeah just just different stories i like that so i'm i'm about that i don't think just because it's a shared universe doesn't mean that every storyline has to be connected back like a, a puzzle piece. It just can be its own um, self-sustaining story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like if you put it into like a series kind of setting, like you have like a different director for each like episode of a series and like they could focus on like one character and it's just they're not related to anybody in a sense or not related to each character, but it's just like a one shot story of just like that character. Yeah, which is I think that's what the the Batman film is supposed to be it's supposed to be I think. that one uh like Gotham Knight or whatever oh, Gotham Knight, is yeah. that what that was it's, Where it well had, that like, was the in the universe one. of the Dark Knight but it was like different stories within that universe of that Batman between Batman Begins and the Dark Knight and you're was, talking about the animated movie yeah Gotham Gotham Knights yeah it was in the universe of Nolan's universe yeah really? and it was between the two films I didn't know that yeah, but you know, because of the different directors for each part, it like changes in animation a lot, yeah. so it looks really cool. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be. I think I think you're right. Did they have Deadshot in one of the episodes? And it had yeah. Scarecrow again in it, and I think 
Killer Croc, but don't quote me on that one. Uh, I, I have I only a watched... memory of that. I think it was like anime style, yeah. right? Like Japan animation. Yeah. One of the stories was anime style. Yeah. yeah. He had like a high collar Batman. Mm-hmm. It was like really anime-esque. Um, but anyways. Yeah. Um, what minute are we on? Yeah. Minute 53. <laughs> so after, you know, kind of, so Diana just completely evades Bruce Wayne. He can't catch up because... She's not your average female. <laughs> sure. So she gets away with it. And uh, then we cut back to earlier in this minute where Clark Kent was trying to follow Bruce Wayne. And, uh, oh, and something I missed from yesterday's minute, um, when Bruce Wayne leaves to go get his his part- portable drive, um, is this a verb to Batman someone where he like... Oh, yeah. I wrote that down too. Yeah. Yeah. He, the disappearing. Yeah. Clark looks the other way and when he looks back bruce is gone yeah just typical batman thing and i i thought that was really great that that happened but kind of like in a way that we get to see it happening it's also like because yeah especially because you see it in movies it's just he's there and then he's gone and then you always say well how does he do that this is kind of like well this is how he does that he you know clark looks in another direction where the angle of bruce is completely lost on him and it's just timing for him to turn his head around and he's just gone yeah, that's really cool. And uh, so he makes his way down the stairs, and before he can kind of catch up with Bruce, his attention is caught by a TV, which is showing a... Because he's it, bilingual, Mark. Thanks <laughs> for ruining my question. Go ahead and answer. Oh. Does he know other languages? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. You guys are the Superman fans. You let me know. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's not just he knows English and Spanish. Like... <laughs> Well, so only Silver English Age Superman probably knew every language. He could do anything. I mean, there were like no limits yeah. to what he could do. This is a little more realistic. I mean, I mean, I think he understands the situation by the context. I think he's. You, wait, are you saying he's not bilingual? Like he doesn't understand Spanish at all. He's just like. Oh. Do you think he's multilingual? Uh, yes. In this, it's hard to tell, but I think by watching what's on the screen there and just saying, I could understand. You know, Day of the Dead celebration, Juarez fire. You know, it's but he doesn't see the screen at first. He hears it, which uh, catches his attention. It's like, it's like you don't walk by someone's room and they have the news playing, and you're like, "Oh, that's the news. I need to listen." Like, no, it's just kind of like background noise. He does, yeah, it does. He catch, hears it first. Yeah, he does hear it. He's at least bilingual. This guy knows Spanish. I mean, it's like a foreign language is required in high school at, at the very least. Most people have taken Spanish or French or something, so. I don't think they teach Spanish in Smallville, Kansas. No? <laughs> I don't know I've, about I've, that one. I've never been to Smallville. I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't know either. I took German, man. I I would take a hard guess that they, they definitely have a Bible class in sure. Smallville, Kansas. Yeah. Um, I think he took it upon himself. You know, he Rosetta stoned it. I mean, he's got... he's. Superman. I mean, how hard is it for him to learn a new language? Yeah, it depends. Is it the Superman that can, like, you know, speed read through, like, every book that he has and, and retain all the knowledge in it? Could be. 18 months of saving people around the world. He he should be able to, to learn language. Yeah. Let's just say yes. He knows Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, he sees the, the news report that there's a deadly uh, factory fire. Um in Juarez during the Day of the Dead celebration, um, which is accurate because this is November 1st and it, it, the whole weekend they celebrate this festival and 
uh, in Juarez. So that is that is pretty accurate. So mm-hmm. Do you know when this episode is going to post? It could be pretty close to Day of the Dead. Oh, it could be. Wouldn't that be interesting? Um, <laughs> let's see. This one coming out. One, two, three, four. You know what? I think, uh, nope. I think it's going to come out on the 13th of November. So oh. we'll be just missing it. <laughs> Bummer. By two weeks. Oh, well. Poor um, planning on our side. I know, right? Usually we're, we don't even try and it, it lines up pretty well. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, honestly, that's that's it for my notes, though. I just wanted to know if he understood Spanish. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> it for your notes. I you did, see that? Yeah, you ran through all the Diana stuff. This is we. It's kind of cut up in this minute. You ran through all the Diana stuff. What do I have? Ooh, sneaky Diana, and then that's what he wrote. That's what I wrote, and then um, uh, the Parthenon that kind of shows up. And I don't know if that's a cake or a model. It seems like a cake. I think it's a that's cake. a cake. I want to eat. I want to eat that thing. Yeah, it's like a cake. And is I I have questions about it. Is that supposed to just be like a another fun Easter egg of oh yeah, this is Diana Prince, she's Greek, here's the Parthenon, here's Athena. Like is that just supposed to be one of those things? I think it could connect to Diana and also the fact that they're like dedicating a library because it's uh, Athena's the goddess of wisdom. So it, yeah. it kinda makes sense. It seems like a, a just a decoration you might have um, for that kind of thing. All right. And then also with Luther's whole Prometheus and Alex. This whole such yeah, this whole situation is very Greek heavy. So yeah. uh, it just makes sense that Diana's crashing the Greek party. I as much as I like the design of that cake, I don't think you can actually eat the Pantheon. I'm gonna eat it. No, I, I think it's like one of those things. Where Pantheon or Parthenon? I don't know. It's the Hold Parthenon. On. The Pantheon Sorry. is something different. Sorry, but like. <laughs> It's just one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, all those pillars are just toothpicks wrapped in fondant, and you can't actually eat it. You can eat the fondant, though. Fondant is disgusting. If you can hear me, yeah, fondant it is. is Fondant disgusting. is really gross. <laughs> and they know that, right? They just know. It's just an understanding of fondant just being gross, but we still use it. Yeah, you use it because it works, but it's like... What do you mean? Can't there be something that's tasteful that works? I don't know bakery things, Mark. I think the only edible part of this cake would probably be the bedding. The base? Yeah. You think that there's an Athena statue in there that's just like, uh, you can't eat it? it? It's a form over function thing. It's like, it looks nice, but it probably doesn't taste that great. And it's probably just some regular old vanilla bean cake. And I don't know. I, I want it either way, Mark. So I th- I think my last note is... Don't get the... me started on, on baked goods. No? We're going to have, we'll have a, note, a, whole, a whole new podcast for that. Um... This I like this, and I like to point it out. The very subtle Clark Kent, Clark Kent, Clark Kent transformation into Superman with the tie, yes. the loosening of the tie. Yep, right. I don't know. It just like it's just like a, oh yeah, that's fun. I don't need to see him rip the shirt open in broad daylight and run into a phone booth. I don't think he has a suit on. <laughs> no, then why does he need to take the clothes off? I guess to get into the suit. What do you think he's keeping a suit, Mark? It's like hanging on a clothes rack like outside on a tree so he could just fly out go right into it he got he's got to get naked and fly into the suit you think and then he's wearing it yeah of course it's kryptonian ceremonial armor and it's undergarments you saw jor-el he wore it under his armor and stuff like that i think it's maybe just drilled into his mind that i have to wear this underneath my clothes he's not wearing it in minute 26 when he gets in the bathtub with it's true and the boots always confuse me like, one, his boots in this, we'll get it in, I think in... <laughs> you can't put boots inside dress shoes. I think in Tomorrow's Minute, where we see him walking in in the snow, 
maybe it's an, maybe it's another minute, but like his boots are like one thing, and they always confuse me because I don't know how he takes them off, and, and I don't know how he puts them in his other shoes, and I don't know how his pants fit over it, and the wrist things, like the wrist got, thing that goes really over, thick, like gauntlets. Yeah, but you could you could have like cuffs that cover that. So it's kind of a problem of adapting what is essentially ridiculous superhero tropes into a very serious <laughs> atmosphere, very serious. Like you, you start to question, well, how would that really work, right? Yeah, and that's why we have a podcast for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so It's just fun. <laughs> I don't think he's wearing the suit underneath. but So it, he has to get fully naked, go into the bathroom, change into the suit, and then go out and do it? Why does he need to take his tie off right now? Why can't he be doing that when he's like flying at supersonic speeds in the air? And you have a naked Clark Kent flying around, and then he's got a. Where's he gonna get the suit from? He's just getting the tie ready to take off. Then why doesn't he take his tie off then? Because he loosens the tie, one to be a reference to classic Superman. Yeah. But then two, because as he flies at the speed of light to go home, he doesn't fly at the speed of light. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. He's so he's flying, and he's as he's flying, he's getting ready to get into the suit. He's got to go back to the apartment change don't tell me you've never left work already taking your tie off because you have to get changed so you have to go somewhere else in a different set of clothes you've never done that i've done that i've literally changed mid-drive but i normally have like an undershirt or something on which essentially would be his suit but you're not wearing but mm, okay never mind yeah if i'm going to like a pan yeah I'm, i'm going to a pantera show after work i'm gonna wear my pantera shirt underneath my dress shirt so i could just take the tie off and dress shirt and just be rocking the pantera i'll tell you this much i don't i don't think uh henry cavill is wearing the superman outfit underneath in this particular thing like the actor no. i don't think that I, actor's actually wearing that thing underneath no but clearly not just but the character right anyway mark likes you just is wanted to get only, fully is that naked. the only character who like because i think diana and wonder woman is always wearing her ceremonial armor underneath hers in some form of another yeah well it really all depends on who's writing the character at the time yeah i mean i don't think batman does that uh in this one or in in really just any batman thing he usually just has a suit like delivered to him somehow it's really fun to think about how batman changes into his suits yeah um am i missing anything for this minute (laughs) no that would mean batman would have to have like hundreds of different belts and they would all have to have the same things in it don't they doesn't he yeah again it's really up to the writer it's up to the writer man (laughs) just the one belt don't lose it uh chris did you have anything else for this minute before you wrap (laughs) no that's about it (laughs) cool Alrighty, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for this minute. If you enjoyed everything you heard, uh, don't forget to leave us a great five-star review. It really helps us out in the show. It helps other listeners find out about the show as well. Um, And we love reading those podcast reviews out on the air, so definitely do that. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute.